You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I'm often privileged to talk to some really awesome people on the podcast, and today is no exception. Beverly Jacobson is joining us, and I am excited for you to hear her. She is strong in her faith, solid in her messaging, and one of those people that I think I could hang out with for days on end and never run out of things to talk about. Beverly is going to share with us about crisis-proofing your homeschool, and she's broken it down into such a practical way that I know it's going to be incredibly helpful. So stay tuned. You'll be glad you did. One of the primary ways you can prepare your heart for whatever God has planned for your family is to be in His Word day by day. David has created a resource to help you do just that and to help you cultivate a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving as you go. Working through the Transform Journal about Thanksgiving in the Psalms, alone or with your spouse or family, will prove to be an incredible discipline, and I promise you'll find that you can open a deeper relationship with God by cultivating this daily habit of thanksgiving and prayer. Go to transformjournals.com today to order your copy. With Thanksgiving right around the corner, now is a perfect time to start this journal and finish right as we celebrate being grateful together. Again, go to transformjournals.com today to pick up your copy. Today's podcast is sponsored by Heritage Defense. You may or may not already have legal protection for your right to homeschool, but what if a social worker knocked on your door and the allegation was not about homeschooling? Since 2010, Heritage Defense has been providing member families with 24-7 direct access to experienced Christian attorneys ready to protect your children and defend your parental rights. Membership with Heritage Defense also provides you an attorney beyond your initial call, including being with you for any meetings with CPS and representing you in court if needed at no extra cost to you. Go to heritagedefense.org to join today. Again, that is heritagedefense.org. Now, won't you join me in welcoming Beverly Jacobson to the podcast today? Hey, you guys, I am really, really excited to have Beverly Jacobson with us today. Beverly is a mom of many, as she will tell us soon. They are a military family and have have had a just a wide variety of experiences through the years that has led her to really, really be investing in families now to help all of us coming up behind to to know how to homeschool for the long haul to to understand how to crisis proof like we're we're going to be talking about this time crisis proof your homeschool set your mind in such a way that no matter what comes your way you're able to keep on mission and do what God has called you to do so Beverly I'm very excited that you're here welcome to the teach them diligently podcast thank you so much it really is an honor to be here well, I am very glad to be able to talk to you. I'd love for you to tell us all a little bit about yourself and your family before we dive in, because it's always nice to have a little context before we start talking. Sure. Well, I am um, 
a military wife. I've only known uh, life as an Air Force spouse. When I married my husband, fresh out of college, uh, we met, had a long distance relationship. The Lord brought us together. And we, I, I was excited to use my teaching degree, honestly, is, is what I thought uh, the Lord had for me to, to build his kingdom by uh, being in a public school classroom. And then uh, a few years later, after I'd had some experience, I decided, you know what, I'm actually really ready to stay home with my babies. By that point, mm-hmm. we were starting our family and I was just excited to be a stay-at-home mom. And the Lord had put it on our hearts um, while we were engaged. Actually, we were mentored by uh, separate families and in separate states as we were going through our engagement um, who happened to be homeschoolers. And that planted the seed in our hearts of using homeschooling as a tool to raise up our children and to teach them diligently as, as you teach as well. But Deuteronomy 6 was really impressed on my heart in those early days. And we knew we were called to homeschool. I wasn't sure that it was going to be the whole time. I thought it would be those early formative years. Um, But then as more babies came and we were um, really just having so much fun with our children, I I realized that, no, we're called to do this long haul through the, through those tween and teen years. And I actually started to, to really believe that that was a crucial period in our children's lives that we really wanted, um, you know, to, to have that influence in, in, in their hearts and in their minds. I don't think we knew going in that we were going to have a big family. Uh, we thought we would have two or three children. Hmm. We, we had three. I, I was getting into the groove of homeschooling. And then we had our, our first miscarriage, which in my life, I was very sheltered growing up. Um, and that was kind of my first experience with trauma and crisis wow. um, and a, a deep personal loss. And the Lord uh, looking back, I can see how God used that along with many other crises and traumas and difficulties along the way to prepare us for really uh, kind of the major thing that happened at the end of our, our childbearing years. Hmm. Um, but but we knew from the outset that homeschooling was going to be our course as as one, one child came along <laughs> and then the next child came along and uh, just kind of felt overwhelmed. And yet... In God's grace, I realized I was learning as much as, or probably more than my children. I, I call myself a homeschooled mom because the Lord was oh, yeah. shaping my character yep. and preparing me for the things that were to come. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the most amazing things about homeschooling. You get to, like you noted, have so much fun with your kids that you don't even want to entertain the thought of sending them to school because it's so awesome being with them. But all along the way, God is teaching you not just, you know, we learn all kinds of academic things, which is really cool because we didn't care as much when we were younger. And now we're like going to geek out on all this cool stuff we get to learn. But way beyond that, God is constantly refining and shaping and the sanctifying elements of homeschooling in the lives of a homeschool mom and, and homeschool dad is really profound. And it is, it's amazing to see how God uses those ways that he is sanctifying us. And then he turns around and, and he, you know, he expects us to, to live that way. And sometimes that's through some really difficult, difficult times. Like we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, I think that you told me that you all are a family of 11. Is that right? That is, we have nine children, (laughs) which is kind of a lot of children. When you, you think at the beginning of your marriage that, Oh, we might have two, maybe three children. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's, 
that was certainly a journey for us and getting on the same page and and really walking in in the path that God was pinning before us. I think that first miscarriage for me really brought home the fact that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he helped me say that with my whole being that you took this little one. I don't understand why, God. I wasn't necessarily even asking for another baby. But here, here I am grieving the loss of this, this little child that I never got to meet or hold. And it really changed my perspective. And, and my oldest at the time, uh, my daughter, she was praying for a baby sister. She had two little brothers and she really wanted a sister. And so, uh, well, long story short, God answered her prayer. She did get our, our fourth child is uh, a girl, <laughs> her little sister. But then, uh, as I said, that started us on a path to being open to mm. allowing the Lord to plan our family. And uh, of course, there are a lot of, you know, behind the scenes details, discussions that that my husband and I had and and a lot of long walks and and jogs and runs. I was getting into running at the time with with God and praying and really just being open to God, whatever you have for our family. We we want to to fully be open and fully surrender that we know that Scripture teaches children are a blessing, not a burden. And even though I didn't really know anyone growing up, and my, my husband and I are both from a family where we just have one younger brother each, and yeah, we kind of thought that's what the family looks like, mom, dad, two kids. And so God really did work, work in our own hearts as individuals and then as a couple. And it was as we were getting ready for his, his big year-long deployment to Afghanistan, mm. um, I had just... I had miscarried again. Again, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And at this point, we were on board with saying, God, whatever your will is for our family, we're open to that. And so I found out we were expecting number six, just as he was headed to a war zone. Um, And that was a whole journey, too. That was definitely a journey of faith and and going through some, some real difficult times during, you know, it's difficult to bring a a baby in. I had problems nursing uh, this one. I had six kids, 10 and under, and my husband was in Afghanistan. Oh, goodness. Um, You know, so there's, there's a lot that that goes along just with that portion of the story. But as you know, that was, you know, two thirds of our kids. (laughs) Brad still had three more little ones (laughs) in mind for us that, that at the time we couldn't have fathomed, but he prepares us so graciously and looking back, I just see his his plan unfolding through our family. I never could have imagined those difficulties that we were experiencing with the loss of little ones and then the feeding difficulties that I had. Uh, it, as a mom, it, it, it's... It, it's hard when you can't breastfeed your child the way it's supposed to be yeah. really, you know, natural and normal. And I learned so much, even, even in that, you know, God was so tender and merciful and again, used all of those experiences to prepare us for our little Verity, who is our, mm-hmm. our, our ninth child um, and kind of where we're headed with our discussion, because right. that was really a crisis point in our lives. Well, and, and you, you alluded to and actually said it so beautifully in in a variety of ways. When we trust God with our family, that is trusting him when great things happen that we didn't expect. That is trusting him when difficult things happen that we would have never asked for. That is recognizing that his way and his plan is best for us, no matter 
what we think of it at the time. And God is so good and so gracious to give us a rear view mirror and to, to help us see how the tapestry just weaves together beautifully because he is such a, a good, good father that cares for his own. Mm -hmm. And so as we walk in faith and as we just day by day, give him our lives, give him our family, give him our homeschools, then Mm -hmm. he is so faithful to just care for us and care for our children so much better than we could have ever done or imagined. Amen. Amen. It's so, so true. I remember we came back from Italy. So after his deployment, we we had the wonderful privilege of living overseas for his next assignment, which was almost like a reward for making it through that really (laughs) difficult 13 months. And I'm telling you, Italy for a homeschool family was a mecca just of opportunities Mm -hmm. to see ancient ruins and you know, castles in Germany and, and go to Athens and and Ephesus, the places where we read about in the Bible. I just, uh, such a blessing and an opportunity to really pour into our kids' hearts and minds, some of those memories. And we have really fond, you know, experiences that we look back and, and we're so grateful we had those. So then we come back to the United States. I had just given birth to our eighth baby and she also had some some struggles with weight gain and, and nursing, and I was just so weary. And I, God and I had had this running conversation about our family, and I remember in the middle of the night, I was nursing her, and all my other babies had, had started to sleep through the night pretty early, but we are still at the one-year point. I'm still waking up to nurse her, wow. and I was just exhausted. Yep. And I remember you know, crying out to the Lord, I'm just so tired, Father. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And I really felt his spirit just speak to my heart and say, enjoy this. This Hmm. is the last time. And I took that to mean, oh, we're done. (laughs) This is our last baby. Oh, okay, Lord, I will cherish this time. I am nursing her at 2 a.m. But oh, what a sweet, sweet time this is with my, my sweet baby. And you're telling me we're finished. You're going to close my womb. Our family is complete. What a beautiful story, right? We wrap it up with a bow. We trusted father that you, you know, planned our, our family. And we, we made the, the conscious decision to not, you know, do anything permanent or, or try to control this because we acknowledge you are in control. Oh, this is a wonderful testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Well, <laughs> if, if, if you heard us say, you know, we have nine children, you know that, that I was wrong in, in exactly. what I thought the Lord was, was doing us. And so when I saw two pink lines on that pregnancy test some months later, mm-hmm. I was not very happy with the Lord. I was not happy with my situation. I was, uh, I think it was 41 at the time. And I was just tired. I, yeah. I'm weary. And I thought, okay, we're either going to lose this baby or else I heard you wrong. I And I didn't like either of those options. Right, right. I just really wrestled, you know, during that season. How? And then you start questioning, do I really hear what the spirit is telling me? And I feel that, you know, I've had this long walk with the Lord and I am grounded in his word. I was going to the word and that summer, it was the summer 2016, uh, that first trimester, just really wrestling with with God, studying through the armor of God, and each 
piece of the armor spoke to my spirit, the belt of truth. Okay, I know the character of God. He is not going to deceive me. I know that his plans are good. He's a good, good father, like you said. And that summer, I just came to a place of complete surrender. I thought I had surrendered, but here I was. Okay, all right, one more time. We can do this, Father. You have a good purpose for this baby. And I was finally starting to get excited about baby number nine. And then, and then we got the phone call. Mm. And that day, September 2016, it it changed my life because I had never before heard the words trisomy 18 or mm. Edward syndrome. And I had experienced two early miscarriages, but we had never, you know, it, it, it just happened that we never digged in, you know, dug right. into uh, what the cause might have been. And so this was the first time I had experienced any kind of a diagnosis talk mm. with the doctor and I remember it was a homeschool morning. We were all around our breakfast table for our prayer and Bible time. And, and our kids were 16 and under down to, you know, little one-year-old um, who had finally stopped nursing. And <laughs> I, I got the phone call and stepped into the other room because I knew it was from the clinic and went through this conversation, trying to process what was happening. And when I asked, okay, what does this mean if our baby has this condition, there was a pause. And then she said, well, most of them don't make it to birth. Wow. Um, they might, might live a few hours or a few days. If they do live, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, uh, of problems. And I, I don't remember the exact words. I just remember how I felt when I, yeah. I heard those words. To me, I, I heard, I'm either going to bury this ba baby or else we're going to have a child with severe yeah. needs. Goodness. And as a mom of eight, already overwhelmed with everything that was going on in my life, I, I didn't know what to do with that information, but take it to the father. And my children were hearing part of the conversation. So right from the beginning, we were up front with them. And I said, here's, here's what I heard. But no matter where this goes, we know that God is good and God mm. is sovereign and we're going to trust him through this journey. And then I cried, <laughs> you yes. know, then I, uh, we just kind of shifted into survival mode for the next few yeah. days because it, we did go through the process then of a diagnostic ultrasound, meeting with a genetic counselor, right. um, uh, talking through what, what are our next steps? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, I'm sure that there was a time there where you had to, in, in whatever form it took, grieve what you thought to kind of wrap your head around what now was. What was this new reality? Yes. And and that uh, you've alluded to it several times, and I'm so grateful. You you talk about that rehearsing truth, taking your thought cap, thoughts yes. captive, reminding yourself of what you know about God. And that is so critically important in these difficult moments where you get news that you would have never imagined mm -hmm. and certainly never wished to hear. That's when you have got to have that foundation for your faith, but you can't just lean on it. You've got to really right. be proactive in reminding yourself because all the lies, all the fear, all the anxiety is going to start welling up at that moment. 
And so I'm, I, yes. I really appreciate how you leaned into that as you were telling your story. And I'm sure that this opened up a lot of great discipleship opportunities with your kids mm-hmm. as well as they were going through this process with you. Absolutely. It was, you know, nobody plans for a crisis. You, mm-hmm. it, they just happen, right? And you, you walk through them by the grace of God. But it's, it's what you do leading up to it that is going to carry you through it. And I believe that God, in his grace and mercy, allowed my husband and me both to have built this foundation of faith, to, to have a high value on truth and on his character. We were both raised in a Christian home. Um, I, like I said earlier, I was very sheltered. I, I had not really experienced a lot of difficulty in my life until I would say that that first miscarriage for me kind of rocked my world. And I didn't realize things like this happened, but God used that again to prepare us for what was to come. But being in his word, establishing th- those rhythms of every morning, you know, we have our, our hot coffee and our, our prayer time together. We pray every morning out loud together. And then before we go to sleep, we read the word of God together. We've read through all of scripture year after year after year, and then really diving deeply into book studies that I am just, I cannot put into words how precious the word of God is to me. When I was processing this diagnosis over the following weeks and months, I happened to be, you know, happened to yes, be. Yes, this so happens. Again, God's favor and his timing that he yeah. knew I would be studying the book of Psalms. And what what a better place to be than pouring out my heart to the Lord and praying that scripture back to him. Those Psalms mm-hmm. of lament and grief and how long, oh Lord, and the longing of our soul. We know that we're living in a broken world and we're going to have trouble and trial and tribulation, but that is not diminished. We are encouraged to bring our grief and are lamenting to the Lord and to cry out to him. And really, when we think about Jacob wrestling with God, I mean, that's what it is. We are wrestling. We are up close and and he's not our opponent, but we're up close with him. We're not, we're not, you know, throwing down whatever is in our hands and walking away. No, we engage with God and we struggle with that. That struggle is real and that is where we lean into his character. We we read the word of God through a fresh perspective. How many times have I read through the Psalms, but they never spoke to me the way they did in that season of grieving. Like you said, there was certainly the grief. I felt as if my womb, in a sense, was a tomb. I, I didn't know how long we were going to have with this child. And our early conversations centered around her burial, a memorial service. I mean, very sobering. It is like nothing else I can describe. When my 13-year-old, you know, with tears in his eyes said, but mom, could could God heal her? (laughs) And then you have to process that together to say, well, we know God's healer. We know he's the great physician. But at the same time, he knits us together, right? right? He has already, this baby, our little girl was 18 weeks along. So almost halfway through our pregnancy, when we learned about this mm-hmm. and her condition is such that every single cell in her body has an extra 18th chromosome. I said, he did that on purpose. Now, could he take that back? He could, 
but I, I don't think he will because I yeah. don't think that's his character. I think he knit her together this way for his purposes. And we don't know exactly what those purposes are at, at that time. You right. know, I, I think that we were in our minds preparing our children to, to lose their little sister and preparing our, ourselves to, to lose a daughter that, you know, I, I, my other miscarriages were, were early. So we weren't for sure if they were a boy or a girl, yeah, we did give them right. names, you know, we, we did grieve, but there was something about this journey that was just so, so different. Wow. Um, yeah, such an opportunity to, to speak the word to my children and hear it, it you know, hear yes. my voice say words and think, yes, yes, I'm reminding myself of God's right. truth in this. Right. And that's, that's one of the great privileges of being a parent is as we are growing, as we are challenged, as God is is molding and shaping us, we are able to just reach right behind and and leverage mm-hmm. all of those lessons for the sake and the good of our children so that they get grounded it, way earlier in those areas than we did. And they have such yes. a sturdy foundation and it is such a privilege to be able to to do that. And and I think that so often we lose sight of that privilege. We we get yes. so focused on the trial or the trouble or even the frustration and just the exhaustion of being a mom mm-hmm. or a dad that we lose sight of the beauty of what God is allowing us to do, even when things are trying and exhausting. Yes. Yes. It really reshapes how you are viewing your role as a homeschool mom, right? Yeah. Because it, we know, we know deep down the reason we're doing this is to prepare kingdom-minded disciples of Jesus. But yeah. we do, we get caught up in the daily to-do list. Have you done your math lesson? Where do we need to check? You know, what about that science experiment? Oh, I, I, you know, all of those things. Sometimes it is a gift, a, a blessing in disguise when we yeah. are forced to really cut down all the extras and yeah. hone in on what is truly important because I guarantee you our children have seen us real and raw, <laughs> you know, cut, cut everything else out. What really matters? It's Jesus. It's our relationship with Jesus. And how are we living our life here on earth? So as to point other people to him and I'm telling you, we never could have imagined how God would use this fragile little baby in in our personal lives, but also the ripple effect as we had the opportunity to walk this out in our own community with our church family. Thank mm-hmm. God for his people, right? Yes. Who come alongside yes. us and carry our burdens. It is so important to be in fellowship with other believers. I, I I could I could go off on that too, but the I, Lord exactly. was very gracious. I'd go right and, with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just know that every time we had a military move, that was our first priority was yeah. find a Bible teaching church and plug in and find out where we could serve and where, you know, we could also be be filled up as well. But that that's God's plan for his people. And part of our, our crisis proofing our homeschool is make sure that you're positioning yourself to exactly. be with other believers who can help carry the it, burden with you. So, so important. And so many homeschool families are isolated and they're doing it to themselves. And, um, and Mm. it is, it is a deep burden to me, um, to, to encourage them to get 
plugged into the body of Christ to, you know, God created us to live in community. He made the church as a body where we can't function without yes. one another. Mm-hmm. And yet when you kick church to the curb, like unfortunately so many have done, mm-hmm. you are robbing yourself and your children of that kind of fellowship of growing with other generations of all these things, which I know that this podcast is not about. So we will, we'll come back and discuss that later. <laughs> um, but I, I can't just leave that there without really reinforcing sure. your point there that you have got to get plugged in. It is critically important. Um, and you've already Beverly given us quite a few practical tips and and thoughts about how to crisis proof your homeschool mm. but i want to just kind of give you the the freedom to to tell what all have you learned and what is truly mm. important for families to recognize right now to crisis proof their homeschool mm. and actually you know by extension their family their faith all of these things because it's all right. interwoven together um but yeah. how do we do that I think, uh, well, I kind of use the acronym CPR. So, so now, you know, we, we could skip a, a whole lot, but the, 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 the short version of, of our Verity story is that she it is indeed a little miracle girl because she's now five and a half years old. Wow. She was born full term. We spent uh, 18 days in the NICU. We brought her home. She has machines. She has, you know, a wheelchair. We, in fact, we have a, a home health care nurse who is, with her during the day, which allows me to homeschool. And that yeah. also is God's provision because, you know, I was, I was in desperation The the first couple of years were so dark and difficult and, wow. and just struggling to learn how to help her stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was so desperate. I was searching charter schools because I didn't think I could keep homeschooling. Right. And I, I knew I was called to, and I was crying out to the Lord saying, Okay, Father, you've given me this mission to to school and educate, train, disciple my children. I cannot do it, and I was at at, at my lowest point. You know, I the, probably enough material for another episode, but just the depression, uh, anxiety, and and panic attacks that I was suffering as a mom, and 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 sadly, my teenagers were struggling too, yeah. and we were just drowning. But God in his faithfulness, now that I, I sit on the other side of this and I, I can have that, that beautiful perspective, not quite an eternal perspective yet, but the Lord is graciously showing me, look, look at my faithfulness. Look how I cared for you when you didn't know you needed cared for. And mm-hmm. all of these wonderful things he's revealed to me about his character and his father's heart. Now I can say by the grace of God, we didn't know we were going to enter this crisis, but I have my, my Bible right here is just all marked up, beaten up, you know, written on prayers on the sides. Yep. This, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I use CPR as my little teaching analogy because I I've learned CPR because I mean, God forbid that I would have to use it on my littlest one or any of my children or my husband or anybody, but it's that training and preparation right. because you never know when when a crisis is going to come. So see a center, center yourself on the truth, on the word of God. You have to know the truth. The truth sets us free and the truth sets us free from fear and doubt and the lies that we are encountering. And that's where mm-hmm. a lot of the battleground is, is right here, right in our mind. Absolutely. And you alluded to it earlier, taking captive our thoughts. How can we take them captive if we don't recognize 
whether they're true or or false. We have to recognize what is false so that we can speak truth over it, so we can speak scripture to it and invite the Holy Spirit to empower and equip us and and bear fruit when we don't even feel like standing on our own two feet. Mm. So centering ourselves is, is, is so key that that's in a nutshell in God's grace. Like I said, before we even had a clue, we were going to need it. He allowed us to build that foundation of truth that was going to sustain us during this time. And then the P is position, position yourself, you know, position yourself by showing up to have your quiet time, by praying as a couple, as a family, whatever that looks like for you. A prayer journal has been my, my friend Mm -hmm. through the years. So I can go back and look at and see at how God's faithfulness has played out in times when, you know, you're so close to the situation, you can't see it. Yes. But that record of his faithfulness, we need reminding. He tells his people, remember, you know, and sets up those, those ways to remember. So positioning ourselves by, by allowing his Holy Spirit to shape us to be mm-hmm. more like Jesus, positioning ourselves to be in fellowship with other believers. And then there are practical things you could talk about systems and rhythms to set up for right. your homeschool. So that when you're hit, you know, certain things can continue. Maybe if mom has to to be away from the picture, um, those are kind of some practical nuts and bolts, but uh, you know, just the idea of setting yourself up and then R is you, then you're ready to respond, not react. We can be more effective for God's kingdom. If we are able to just take a deep breath, pray, and then respond rather than just reacting. And, and whether that's with our words, because we, we need to guard our, our mouth, um, you know, in our daily interactions with our children, or whether it's a significant res- a circumstance that comes along. How do we respond to this in a way that shows we trust the Lord, no matter what the outcome? Yeah, yeah. So good and and so practical. And also, you know, I, I think that so many people, when they think about crisis proofing their homeschool or really even starting their homeschool, anything about homeschool, they go straight to the nuts and bolts. But the fact of the matter yes. is homeschooling is so much bigger than nuts and bolts. Homeschooling impacts yes. every area of your life. And the nuts and bolts are really subservient to everything else. They're they're easy right. to to move around. They're easy to fix. They're easy to deal with. It's that foundation. Right. It's actually your mindset, your your goals, your vision, how you're centering and focusing your daily life that's going to impact right. yes. whether your your homeschool efforts or your family is successful in what you're trying to to achieve. And and that's such an important thing for all of us to remember. And I really appreciate your bringing it up in that. Yes. And that's, you know, we've, our first official year of homeschooling was 2005. And I can tell you our homeschool today in 2022, and I have five kids, I'm actively homeschooling. It Hmm. looks so different than those early years. But that's the nuts and bolts. That's what you're talking about. Those things change because your yep. children change. They're right. they're different, different personalities. But what doesn't change is our reason for homeschooling and the fact that we are to the best of our abilities. You know, he's given us his divine power has given us all we need for life and godliness. Right. He equips us to to be the ones to get to teach about who he mm-hmm. is what he's done for us and being able to speak that so freely with my children 
I've grown so much. I just trust, you know, I wish I could have done it better in those early years, but he took my offering, you know, yep. the, the port being poured out like a drink offering. He takes it and covers it with his grace. And by his grace, that has been the heart of our homeschool is yeah. talking about Jesus and preparing our kids to be his servants. And then uh, something so, so precious and sweet, not just the celebration that we have Verity in our lives that we get to love and care for her. And I could talk about God's grace in it for me as a mom, because I, I will say I was very fearful of being yeah. oh, a, I'm mom sure. a little one, you know, with, with significant needs. I mean, even if she were my only child, that's a lot, but right. she's number nine. And again, I cried out to the Lord. Why? I, I can, I'm not equipped for this. That's the point. <laughs> yes, yeah. Beverly, you are not equipped. And so you need to lean on Jesus even more. And coming through those difficult early years with her, we are finally, you know, looking back and, and we see God's provision. And we talked about the importance of community earlier, but we talked about how we we had a village, you know, we mm-hmm. had a village of support from our church, our family, um, some some families who go through this are really pushed to abort that little baby, right, as you can I'm imagine. Sure. Yeah, um, you know the, the world. Even Christians feel this pressure and and almost start to think that this would be more compassionate to just in that little life. And it, it's it's awful to think about. But as we started to realize where the medical community often is leading families yeah. in this, yeah. and how difficult it is even for those of us with that foundation of truth, we felt the call to minister to other families Mm. who are going through the circumstance. And so we have set up a nonprofit uh, organization, Verity's Village, that helps families who are going through this exact thing. When they receive a diagnosis for their little ones, uh, we walk with them through the pregnancy. We have resources and help and we can connect them in a way. And so this is a way, you know, positioning ourselves what God, what are you going to do with this crisis? We know it's, it's not, he never wastes a hurt. Everything that we go through is so significant to him. And if we mm-hmm. let him, he will give us that beautiful opportunity to minister to others. Sometimes in the very same way, the way um, our, our nonprofit is doing that we can pour into families who are walking the, the journey that we, we yeah. walked. But sometimes, you know, for, uh, second Corinthians one talks about, the God of all comfort has comforted us in all of our, our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble. Mm-hmm. So any difficulty we go through, we're automatically equipped to minister, to be, to be the fragrant offering of Christ to a world that is hurting. And we know, um, sadly, you know, the church is hurting too. There, there's right. a lot of, of hard stuff out there and, in his grace, he, he allows us to be his vessels to pour out into other families. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, Beverly, I am very excited to hear about your nonprofit. Where can those who, who could really benefit or who know of others who could, where can they find that? So the nonprofit is veritiesvillage.com. It's V-E-R-I-T-Y-S village.com. And we, we're just so honored that uh, if you have heard of Save the Storks, it's a, a Christian oh, yeah. for life organization. They, 
they, uh, I, w- I was part of a summit that they provided some training and support. And then we got to pitch our idea for a nonprofit to them. And they gave us a $10,000 grant to launch. Oh, praise so the Lord. we incorporated That's awesome. this organization. Oh, it, it was totally a God thing. But uh, it's been about a year and a half that we've been an official, you know, 501c3 organization. And I'm just excited to see where the Lord will take this. But but we Absolutely. do have an online private support group for families who are walking through this. And yes, I do want your listeners to keep that in mind because it often happens that, oh, a friend or a, a cousin or a niece or somebody is going through this and gets that off, you know, that phone call that just makes your life turn upside down. We want to help and we have resources that we can help for that for sure. That's fantastic. And I'll make sure that I link to that as well so that it's super easy for everyone to get there. Where else can our listeners find you, connect with you, you know, hear more of what you have to say? Sure. BeverlyJacobson.com is my personal website and where I'm launching our, uh, my ministry specifically to, to encourage and, and equip and support those homeschool mamas that would like to crisis proof their homeschool. Again, knowing that, you know, we can't escape crisis, but if we can go into eyes wide open, preparing for the time when, you know, storms of life are going to hit just like, uh, you know, recently hurricane Ian hit the coast of the United States and all those people, they had a little bit of warning, but there is some, some measure of setting up your house, you know, preparing for when that storm might come, even if you don't know exactly. We need to do that, right? With our our homes, our families, and our homeschools, be be actively uh, setting setting up our lives, centering, of course, on Christ and scripture, and then preparing because we never Mm. know when the storms of life are going to hit. Well, Beverly, I am so grateful that you've taken the time to join us today. It's been a joy, and I do want to make sure that we get you back on. I think there are so many things that we can chat about, um, so we need to <laughs> we need to make sure that we get you back on real soon. Um, but thank you for spending the time with me thank today. You. So appreciate the opportunity to share. I just I've loved the podcast that I've been hearing. Uh, teach them diligently put out. I just feel like the the recent ones especially have touched my heart. We're just definitely, um, it's wonderful to visit with like-minded believers Mm. who just have this passion to equip homeschooling families. So thank you for all that you are doing as well. Well, you are welcome. It is a joy. So thank you all for hanging out with us today. I know that this has been a help and an encouragement to you, whether you are currently dealing with a crisis or you just know that you need to prepare for when it comes. God is faithful. God is loving. God is good. And God has a plan for your family. And I hope that this has truly encouraged your heart and given you a lot to think about as you are getting ready to crisis-proof your homeschool, your family, your faith, and so on. We can never lose sight of the great God that we serve. So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.